This is Deion Dawkins, man, and you're listening to The Scoop on OwlScoop.com. You already know. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Scoop, OwlScoop.com's podcast. This is Season 7, Episode 42. I'm John DiCarlo, joined by Kyle Gauss, Sam Cohn, Javon Edmonds, and Caden Steele. The only person who's not with us is, is Dante, who's perhaps in parts unknown. We don't know where Dante is. He just told us he couldn't make it. Anyway, what's going on, guys? Doing much better now that we just met Javon's grandfather. I know. We made a quick cameo. It's a ball of energy. Yes. Yeah. Which, I think, which I think we all need at this ungodly hour. <laughs> ungodly. We're recording. We are recording this episode at 2.30 in the morning right now. <laughs> it's not 2.30 in the morning. 8.30, John's on, John's on Bangkok time. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? Kyle, Kyle only agreed to record this late because um, J.K. Gauss might be getting up. Any, I don't know. Can Jordan sleep through the night yet? Yeah. <laughs> for about, for, in fairness, like, you've never raised a kid. But, yes, for about two two years now, he's failed to sleep through the night. Jordan's a great sleeper. 7.30 to 7.30. He's a monster if, from the other 7.30 to 7.30, but great sleeper. What if we just see him just cruising past Kyle and we don't, we don't tell him. When I was in the work zoom the other day, I made a comment about if a gremlin just comes in the back door, that's Jordan there. Maybe you shouldn't refer to your son as a gremlin. I was like, well, (laughs) if he's doing gremlin behavior, he's a gremlin. Or he could be, he could be a magua if you don't feed him after midnight. Oh no, magua's the cute ones. Magua's are the cute ones. If you, yeah, magua's are the cute ones. If you feed, feed them after midnight, then they become gremlins. That makes more sense. Sam, don't mention that you like that movie. It'll be every tweet that John mentions about you for the next six years. <laughs> I have, I've, I've gone to the well. I've gone to the Back to the Future well way too often. I, I mean, I, I'm here for it. I'm never against. I'm never Kyle's against not. Back to the Future content. No, I just like, it's fine. I mean, it doesn't bother me. It's just, I'm like, oh, yeah, that joke again. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like when like you're watching you leave the tv on overnight and like an episode of the simpsons or king of the hill comes on that you've seen 15 times it's still good you've just seen it 15 times Caden, that's you Caden, have you seen any 80s movies i mean yeah i've seen some but if you want to spit out some we'll see uh you know how you know how many i've seen back to the future one two and three never Oh. Return of the Jedi. Is there a way to remove yes. someone from a Zoom? <laughs> um, Top Gun. Never seen Top Gun. Oh, Top Gun Maverick. Very good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's just pretty good, Sam? You just... No, I mean, I like. I enjoyed it. I, I, I liked it. It's like a, it's very similar to the first one, but it's a good movie. Like I, enjoy, I, I had a thoroughly nice time watching it. It's just like it's not like anything new. Downingtown's Miles Teller. Yeah, first of all, keep Miles Teller's name out your mouth. I didn't say first of all I didn't even I though I think it. he's like a far right anti-vaxxer but like he's definitely he really I believe first so all, I, didn't, I didn't say uh, name, he is I believe so uh anyway back to the original point of this segment um back to school oh Never. incredible movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off is that I've the 80s that. yeah I've seen that one crazy summer starring John Cusack <laughs> never I'd be surprised if you saw that but that's it's a great, great movie, movie. <laughs> uh, huh uh stripes never seen that Stripes do not watch on a plane. That's all I'm saying. Made that have mistake ever, about two years ago. Have you ever watched Snakes on a Plane on a plane? Can't say I have. What quote is that from? What like 
<laughs> the I don't pro- know. That was, that no, like that, that was in a movie or a TV yeah, that show. Is, oh. That is in a movie. Um, oh, well, if it is, I haven't seen the movie. Javon, any 80s, any 80s movies, which has nothing to do with the number of the episode, or I don't know how we got started on it. 48 Hours, Beverly Hills Cop, Golden Child, Back to Golden the Child. Golden, oh, I love the fact that you've seen Golden Child. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, what's the one with um, Michael something where they create the the the, the girl from his computer? Uh, no, weird, science, weird Science. Weird Science. Weird with Science. With yeah. Caden and Javon, you guys have seen Stand By Me, right? Yes. Good. I think oh, it's about the Goonies. The Goonies? I need to watch the Goonies. Mannequin. Mannequin's great. Uh, a Mannequin former- 2. Yes, both. Ed Foley used to Ed Foley love used to love talking about mannequin like during recruiting. Season. I've used that joke 15 times now. The, the Ed Foley joke where wow. he's like, you know, what other movie they made there? Mannequin 2. Kyle, like, yes. it's like the same joke over and It's over. not my joke, so it's like a crappier <laughs> version. It's like going to see, like, Dead and Friends instead of Grateful Dead. Like, it's like, uh, it's a Jason. We saw, we had... Um, Pet Fred Cemetery. Was, ooh. I've never seen Pet Cemetery. I haven't, I haven't either. Wow. I think uh, don't watch it with Jordan around, Kyle. But yeah, good move. <laughs> if you think all the I watch with Jordan around is like Bluey, Puppy Dog Pals, Wheels on the Bus, which is just YouTube videos, and I just stare at my phone and think, oh, these are the moments that we'll never get back. <laughs> Javon, how well how well do you know The Golden Child? Do you? I have a very favorite obscure part of that movie. My, I think my favorite quotable part is like he jumps in the backyard. Like, yes, yes, out. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumps in the backyard and he's, he's like, that's burning, man. That's burning. Turn that over. He's like, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody. I just want some chips. I just want some chips. Yeah. He grabs his chips. It kills me every time. So a man that was not prominent in the 80s, but prominent in the 90s, uh, Adam Sandler started a movie called Hustle, which had a lot of Temple references, which is what this podcast is about. So now we talked about that last We have pod. I'm just bringing everything back to Temple. We've got some questions about that in the mailbag. Our our very loyal subscriber who goes by screen named Hick, five different mailbag questions each week. If you did talk about it, was there an episode last week? Two yeah. weeks ago? Yes, week? with Ari. I talked to Ari last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't listen to that. Um, two, weeks ago, <laughs> two, weeks, two weeks ago was the hustle. Episode. The hustle thing, I, I'm going to say this as I'm one of the people that it was pandered to. If it wasn't pandered to me, it's a very, it's a very average I, to mediocre movie. But I like agree. people are like, oh, it's great because it's Sixers and it's Philadelphia. And like when he has the quote about like, they're the worst fans in the world, which makes them the best. A million people in the tri-state area were like, yes, I am the worst. I am the best. Mediocre it's a, movie. It's a good movie because the basketball is really well filmed, and it's a good movie because like there's a ton of like there's a ton of great cameos. As a movie, though, it's, yeah, it's it's fine. Uncut yeah, Gems. Standard. I, like I really liked Uncut Gems personally. I know some people don't. I really liked Uncut Gems because I liked how. But Jones is a lot better than Hustle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like as a movie, like I was super anxious the whole time. This it was really well put together, really well done. You got to this see LaBoy like, Allen for two seconds. Sure, a lot of things in Uncut Gems. Yeah. Hustle, good Go ahead, because Tim. good because it's a good because it's a basketball movie. It's fine. I mean, it's on Netflix. I already pay for Netflix. Yeah. So it's not like I went to the movie theater and said, "No, no." Like, it's fine. I like the standard Adam Sandler arc at the end because you thought, okay, if if they actually if the Sixers actually draft this guy, it's it's a little too much. But where does he go? 
to Sam's Boston Celtics. Well, that was smart on their part because he, they could use real footage and they could reuse real pictures and they could use real stuff like a real jersey because he actually played for the Celtics. So imagine how many people that like don't watch the NBA are like, wow, that guy must actually be good. They used a real basketball player and then you look up yeah, and you're like, no. Oh, no. No, no, that was my problem with it. Juan Hernan Gomez stinks. No, like, he's why, terrible. Why is he a superstar? That, that was your biggest problem drafted. with it? Yeah, listen, Sam. Now, when I see actual basketball players in my basketball movies, I want Jesus Shuttlesworth. You know, I want a guy who's actually good. Okay, let me ask this. A guy who's actually good. Well, Marquise Johnson wasn't like that good. Like he was all right. Marcus Johnson. Well, well, we will not disrespect the great UCLA Marcus Johnson. Okay, a very okay. underrated, underrated player for those '80s Bucks. Okay, we will not disrespect <laughs> Marcus Johnson. Okay, but he wasn't like some amazing player. Like he was really, really good in um, White Man Can't Jump. Like, yeah, right. But if he, they're good in the movie. I don't care how good they are in real life. Like no, he was no, good no, in the no. movie. I don't Here's care how good he is. In real it, life. It's just that I don't want a a, a five minute a game player playing a lottery pick like they were trying to build the guy up to be. In hustle, that's all. And the way he, the fact that he got drafted, like what he blew the combine, then some magical workout at the end of the movie. Like, where, where's the realism here? Well, oh, Brad, the- St- Brad Stevens being smarter than the rest of the league is pretty, pretty on point. Yeah. yeah. Like- <laughs> all right, the fact that that workout even happened was just. Uh. Anyways, hustle solid movie. Can so you- season seven episode. Episode 42, famous number 42. There's one. Jackie Robinson. Let's do it. I can't <laughs> Mariano Rivera. Oh, yeah. Every on. baseball player ever for one day of the year. Nice. <laughs> yeah. What other, uh, there's Mariano Rivera. Sam, there's a 42 who played for the Red Sox. Here you are failing us again. We give you famous Red Sox. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. No, I actually have no idea. Um, another Hall of Fame pitcher for the Yankees. Wait, Sam, you really, you really have you really have no idea. Give me a hint, man. Are you gonna say what I think you're gonna say? Like, are we talking about the same person for the Red Sox number forty-two? Yeah. yeah. Did he later play for the Indians? Um, I don't know. Big guy, slugger. Movon. Yes. Never oh, played for the Indians. Mo-Va- I made that Mo- up. Mo Vaughn is so so before my time. I never. I don't think I ever watched a game with Mo Vaughn. Right, but do you have any? Do you have any appreciation or understanding for your franchise, like the history of it? No, because I yeah, like when they were like a very teams. bad team in the nineties, and he just yeah, like what he won a world, he won an MVP for like a mediocre team. Do you know who Carl Yastrzemski was? Yes, John. I know Carl Yastrzemski was is was uh, his nephew or whatever. I think just hit a homer against me, so that's fun. Against me, I'm pitching, but against the Braves. <laughs> anyway. Grandson. Temple Sports. Do it. Beyond the hustle. Hustle, not the hustle. The hustle is actually like a 70s dance, which Kyle will do later in the podcast. Do that in uh, I had to do that in Euclid Hills Elementary gym class. Anyway. When they made you square Carl. dance? Yeah, square dance, and everybody had every like elementary school kid had sweaty palms. Oh yeah, you were nervous about who you got paired up against. Yeah. Anyway, it's <laughs> been a busy week for the Temple football program. There have been three verbals since uh, since we last recorded. Uh, even since I last recorded last week, I wanted to thank Ari, uh, Ari Rosenfeld. Again, if you haven't listened to that episode, um, great stuff. Uh, talked about Heisey Miller. Talked about Zach Hicks. Talked about a couple of local recruits. Uh, it's been one of our most uh, one of our most popular episodes of, of the year so far. So I wanted to say thanks, Ari, again. But 
talking about this Temple football team, three verbals um, since even just last week. Um, uh, Caleb Barnett uh, committed yesterday along with Preston Everhart. And then before that, Kyle Williams, the all-purpose back out of, out of Harrisburg High School. Um, Caden, actually, since we, we, we have you on, um, we haven't talked to you since Tyler Douglas committed. Um, you talked to him. Was that? I guess earlier. I guess earlier in the month now, right? Yeah. Um, you kind of get a sense he was he was leaning that way when you when you talked to him. Yeah, it definitely seemed like Temple. You know, was one of his top schools. Seemed like he wanted to make a you know, a decision pretty soon. And from you know his offers list, it wasn't like he had a Power Five offer, or anything of that nature. Uh, had I think he talked about going down to Tulane. I don't know if that still happened. Maybe he went down there. But yeah, it seemed like Temple was one of his top schools. They went down there to work him out on you know, offensive coordinator, Dan Langsdorf, tight ends coach Adam Shire went down to Ocean Township to work him out. So, and they liked his workout. So I guess, you know, after that, he started to you know, unravel. He wanted to, you know, make that decision. I think he said he was going to go to Stan Drayton's Cape June 18th. I don't know if that was the exact day, if I can remember, kind of. I don't know if that still happened. And did he commit before June 18th? I can't remember. Uh, he committed. He committed before June 18th. He committed like two yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, he never camped. Um, Nathan Stewart came in this week uh, for the seven-on-seven seven camp. So the six guys that have committed, um, three of them three of them camped. Uh, Preston Everhart, uh, really Temple got in on and, and kind of locked this up right away. I know we're kind of skipping around here. He came in. He's an interesting story we'll get to in a second. Um, Dandridge, Richard Dandridge, the, the wide receiver from Florida, never camped with them. Caleb Barnett did. Kyle Williams did. Tyler Douglas did not camp at Temple. They saw him throw. Um, and then uh, Nathan Stewart came in and camped after um, after he committed. So um, so it's I mean, an interesting class so far, I think, overall, if we were kind of going to take a, a broader look at it so far, um, I think Stan Drayton, you know, again, there were – we've talked about this before Rod Carey comes in that the first thing they did away with was that Memorial day camp, which wasn't really a good move on their part. Then they couldn't do camps the following year, but you know, Stan Drayton seems to be going back to the Al Golden, Matt rule, Jeff Collins model, bringing guys in for camps, um, evaluating these guys. Um, and just if they see something they like in camp, you know, from what I've been able to gather so far, um, Everhart came in again. He's a real interesting story. Was a, a he played his senior season out in Ohio. Was a real good lacrosse player. Like earlier this month, led his led his team, uh, Dublin Jerome High School, to a, uh, the state championship game out there. He had three goals in the game and lost. And then comes out and plays really well to Temple Camp. And uh, the head coach at the Hunt School, who's going to play a post grad season at the Hunt School, tipped him off. And apparently, he really uh, played well in the camp. But um, they're starting to build some momentum now. Again, six verbals. Um, any, I mean, it's so kind of senseless to start evaluating this class already because they still have to play their senior seasons. But, um, you know, you've got a quarterback and Tyler Douglas. We'll see if they take another one. Uh, Kyle Williams, when I talked to him a few days ago, kind of gave me a little bit of hint into their board. And we'll play a clip from him in a second. He said they are planning on taking another back in this class. And so Kyle Williams, again, from Harrisburg High School, another guy who, you know, if you look at what he did, as a junior in, in terms of total yardage, he's got some decent size to him. Um, a guy that did, didn't have a ton of, of big offers, but uh, they've got a back there. He told me that they're, they're planning on taking another back. You've got a quarterback now. We'll see um, if anything else comes, uh, comes from this week. Uh, they had two other 
uh, two other official visitors in um, this week. And why am I blanking on their names here? I feel like we're bouncing around a little bit here um, instead yeah, of actually yeah. talking about the, yeah. the six verbal commitments. Tyrese, yeah. Well, Tyrese Whitaker and, and Conlon Green were in for official visits this week. Um, we'll see if anything comes from that. But again, six verbal commits in. You know, general thoughts on this so far. Again, it looks like Stan Drayton is is like I said, going back to the the model of bringing some guys in for camp. But um, looks like they have a couple of key pieces so far. They got a quarterback, got a got a running back. Any initial thoughts on this? I'm gonna make three quick points before I give it to Caden. Three really quick points. One, I think uh, players showing up to camp really matters more if you're a defensive lineman, offensive lineman. I think the fact that Tyler Douglas and like Richard Dandridge didn't camp isn't that big of a deal. Um, two. I will be very curious as to Tyler Douglas's senior year because if you're just a stat guy, like I'm a big stat guy, very underwhelming junior stats. Um, below 50% completion percentage. I think he had more interceptions than touchdowns. Look, a lot of that's like they weren't that great of a team. Um, but you would hope that now that he's a Division one quarterback with one more year in high school, that he plays a lot better. Uh, and then two running backs in this class tells me that they are not expecting everybody that's currently in that running back room to still be here next year. Um, because as of right now, that would be seven scholarship running backs, but maybe that's an insight into like maybe a guy like Onassis Neely is not going to stick around, just things like that. But Caden's a little more plugged in with these things, so I'm curious to what he thinks. I think you know, some quick thoughts on Tyler Douglas from you know the time I interviewed him. He did talk about that, you know, kind of Kyle's point where talking to college coaches, he talked about his athleticism, his ability to make plays on the run, you know, being able to create you know plays with his legs and get out of situations, but he still needed to work on that, you know, fundamentals from the pocket. And that's something the college coaches told him. So with the completion percentage being 50%. Probably a raw, you know, quarterback who's not, you know, fully ready yet. But they obviously like, you know, his athleticism. Uh, I think the two wide receivers are pretty good because they're kind of different. Nathan Short's a big guy, you know, six five, kind of gives him some size. Someone they haven't, they haven't had that size since you know Brandon Mack left. And then Richard Danger's more of a smaller, quick, explosive wide receiver, get the ball in his hands. Um, the player they interviewed today, or I think Javon interviewed yesterday, Caleb Barnett who uh, the corner, I think is an intriguing ad just from what I've read, only has one offer from Charlotte, but just started playing football last year. Why not take a chance on someone who's got really good athleticism, see if you can turn them into something. And then, uh, John, the guy that you interviewed the other day, Kyle Williams, surprised, you know, based off, you know, his stat line, 17 total touchdowns, really tore it up, you know, in his, you know, his junior year. Why maybe he didn't have more offers? Maybe it's a size thing. I'm not sure. Maybe just going, going under look, but, I have a good feeling that Kyle Williams, before you know seeing him play, just seems like a you know, a good get for them. Yeah, we'll play a clip here. Uh, I'll play a clip here for you from uh, my conversation uh, with Kyle Williams. Again, if you are a subscriber to Alscoop.com, you can check out all of our interviews with these guys. Uh, we still got to get to uh, Preston Everhart. I haven't talked to him just yet. Caden talked to Tyler Douglas. We haven't talked to Tyler since he verbally committed, but I did talk to, to Kyle Williams the other day. And um, one of the things that he will play a, a couple of clips here for you. One that this first one is him talking about um, what sold him on committing to Temple. He was kind of leaning that way. And then um, he talked to me about the, the meeting that he had with Stan Drayton near the end of his official visit that kind of sealed the deal. And then the second clip that we'll play right after that is him describing uh, his playing style. Yeah, I didn't know that until my meeting with him on Friday. So I didn't, when he, when I got offered, I didn't really know uh, Coach Drayton's history a lot. 
and I, I did my research a little bit, but I didn't really know until because I've had a meeting on Friday morning, and that's when we talked before I left and stuff. And he really affected my decision, my decision for that later me committing later that day. So I didn't. Know, he was just telling me how much he produced. He got he has eight backs to the NFL and stuff like that. So he was just telling me stuff that made me. He, that's how he was catching me. He was catching my ear. He was catching my attention a lot. So the things he was just saying, like stuff like that, was just really. Like he produces really good backs, and I feel like I'm in good hands because of my head coaches. Um, my head coach is a running backs coach, and he sent a lot of people to the league. That that's good. That's even great. So and he said he's gonna use me well, and he knows how to use me. So it was just it was a no brainer. Coach Brown and Coach Drayton told me they're gonna use me as a running back and a slot. So that just because we got another because they're gonna bring in two running backs, so they got another running back that's coming in. And they said my skill set, I can do every, I can do most everything. So. With that, my with my skill set, they're going to use me all around the field and as an all-purpose back. So hopefully, I'm never coming off the field for the Temple Owls. That's what that's what I envision. That's what we envision. And so you hear him uh, talking, obviously, about like he didn't really know as much about Stan Drayton coaching some of these NFL backs, and then you know Stan brings that up, and he feels like he's in good hands with them there. And then you know when he talks about you know his playing style, being able to be moved to the slot and moved all over the place, and saying hopefully I don't come off the field. Um, you know, again, if you talk to a couple of other people around the state, it looks like they got a pretty good, pretty good player there. So um, we'll see again, we'll see if anything comes out of this week. Uh, and then with a dead period coming up, as Kyle's pointed out, might be a little quiet. I mean, you never know if some of the, the previous guys that they've offered might, uh, might pull the trigger. Um, we'll see. All right. So stay tuned uh, for any upcoming football recruiting coverage. As always, we're going to shift to basketball here uh, and bring Sam Cohn into, into the mix here. Sam was was at Philly Live, uh, saw some pretty good basketball players, including a couple guys uh, from Newman Goretti, the Temple's recruiting. Um, if you listen to if you listen to Ari and I last week, um, we talked about Rob Wright and, you know, seems like his, his recruitment's really taken off. Might be a guy that leaves the city. Um, and then Kafik Meyer is another very good guard they have there. Sam, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you saw last weekend from, uh, you know, the, the games at Philly Live that you got to cover. Sure. So, uh, I mean, to, for starters, I'll start with Kafik and Ari can do a much better job of, of explaining kind of his, where he's at with his game and how he's developed and all that. So um, if you haven't listened to the conversation with John's conversation with Ari, definitely do that because he talks a lot about a lot of different guys. But I mean, from what I saw from Kafik and in people I've talked to his game has come a long way in a really short period of time. Uh, it's, and I don't love making this comparison, but it's similar in the sense that like he's how, when Jeremiah got temple, he was thrown to the fire and kind of just had to figure things out quickly. Kafik's a younger guy that was thrown into a starting point guard role um, pretty quickly. And he's, he's figured things out quickly. So in what I've seen and people I've talked to, I mean, he's got a real knack for scoring the ball. Uh, he's super shifty, low to the ground. Um, I've heard people say Temple should, if they're not already, uh, they should be more in on him. They should really be pressing for him. The only thing that is he's 5'11 in shoes. Uh, he's, he's an undersized guy, but he's got a great knack for scoring the basketball. And, uh, and he's, he's a really, I mean, at that level, he's a really good player. Uh, the question is, if Temple does end up getting, if he does end up picking Temple wherever he ends up, like how does that translate? Um, in my head, I think a lot of it, when I hadn't really seen much of Kafik play, I was like, in my head, it was like High Sierra Miller and Kafik were sort of in the same ballpark of relatively six foot guard um, from South Philly. That's like this prototypical, whatever Philly guard, whatever that looks like. Uh, I've heard people say that 
Kafik is more of the prototypical Philly guard than Heiser Miller. I think that in talking to people and in, in seeing him play a little bit more, the biggest difference is, uh, and I actually, I use this analogy with someone that I was talking to at Philly live where Quincy Patterson told me the difference between him and Dewan Mathis is that Dewan Mathis will outrun you. Quincy Patterson will run through you. Dewan's a lot faster, but Quincy Patterson will run through you is a lot tougher. I think that's a similar comparison I would give to Heister Miller and Kafik Myers in terms of them with the ball in their hands. I think Heister Miller, and I'd seen he was there uh, over the weekend. I'd seen him. He's on the bench with Newman Gretti. They had a handful of alumni, Jordan Hall, uh, Blaze Vespi there too. Looks like Heister Miller's got a little bit more muscle on him than the last time I saw him. Um, so I think Heister Miller is more the guy that's the tougher, stronger defender, uh, going to go through you type of guy. Kafik is more of the natural scorer. Kafik is more blow by you. Kafik's really quick, low to the ground, as I said. So, um, again, I don't really know where things stand, particularly with his recruitment or where Temple stands with him. He's still got two more years. He's got some time. Um, but Kafik Myers uh, looked, looked pretty good at this weekend, especially against Camden. Um, Camden, one of the best teams in the country. Uh, and, he, and he played well. Him and Rob Ryder are the duo of that team. I mean, John Brennan always calls Kafik Myers the heart of Newman Gretti's team. So, He's come a long way in a short amount of time. So in two more years, I'll be interested to see where he ends up. Uh, other people I would say that I think of note in this conversation to talk about are Jaron McKee. And I think that Ari had talked a little bit about him. I, uh, he was um, one of the people that I wanted you to ask Ari about because he's seen him play a lot from the end of his St. Joe's prep season, end of his freshman year to uh, through kind of the AAU circuit and to now. And he's come a long way. He's a really, really intentional shot taker and shot maker um he, ne- he doesn't take bad shots that's a, another thing that yeah, i already talked about that a lot last week and just he's very good with his shot selection he doesn't force anything uh he's really intentional with all his movements i think there are people that say at that age and when in that group and in the circumstances that jaron is in maybe you'd like him to be a little bit more aggressive uh with that team or whatever but uh at the end of the day i mean that's the kind of thing that translates uh, is how smart he is. He, Aaron always talks about teaching him and teaching his players to play the game the right way. I think that's close. You can get to, you know, he, he plays very, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes uh, is the best way of putting it. He takes good shots. He makes those shots and he can make tough shots getting downhill and he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, not a plays like a coach's son. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so Jaron looked really solid. Uh, I will say that, and I, I had this conversation with a couple of people that I felt like I had almost like a Jeremy McKee curse because I was hearing so many good things about his game. And the only two times I'd seen him play, I was told were his worst offensive performances of his St. Joe's prep career. And then when I saw him play at Philly Live, uh, I feel like I finally broke that curse because he played well. So it's an indictment on him. Uh, you know, the, the lights shine the brightest when Sam Cohn's there and he, he couldn't step up. There's, there's, a, there's a Fran Dunphy quote that is plastered in the basketball facility. What is that quote? It's not about you. Not about you, Sam. I wasn't making this about Don't make me, it about course. you. It's I not about you, Sam. I was not <laughs> you are not the story. All right. Um, I, shh, it's okay. We love it. <laughs> uh, the other player that I that will most certainly be on Temple's radar at some point is uh, Sharif Jackson, Mark Jackson's son. Mm-hmm. Um I have not talked to him. I hope to talk to him at some point. I'd, ho- I'd love to write about him at some point. Um, I've heard in from people that have talked to him that he is very much the 15-year-old with braces and a high-pitched voice. But <laughs> from afar, uh, or seeing him play, 
he's really advanced for his age. His footwork, his touch around the rim, his ability to body up against like legitimate other big men. Uh, I mean, obviously he was going up against guys like Aaron Bradshaw uh, in Camden. You know, he was seeing legitimate competition and then backed out from anyone. I mean, he's not uh, – obviously Roman has Anthony Finkley, another, uh, another big guy that's good in the area. He's going to St. Joe's, just committed to St. Joe's the other day. But Sharif Jackson, I think, is definitely going to be one of the better big men in the area um, by his senior year. And someone – I heard someone say that they thought – take this for what it is that they thought he was better than Mark Jackson when he was his age. So at least that, that's my biggest takeaway. I don't know where he ends up. I don't know how far his basketball takes him, but at the very least as a rising sophomore, someone who just finished their freshman year started in the PCL championship this past year, um, his skill set, his ability to play inside uh, his feel for the game is, is advanced for his age. Just to piggyback off that, same guy a year ago, well, a guy a year ago told me, quote, Mar- uh, Mark Jackson's kid is, quote, just fine. And then fast forward until like a week ago, and they're like, he, he's legit. Like he's yeah. taken such a step from last summer to this summer that it's it's impressive, his trajectory. Yeah. So he, we've uh, all heard the same thing about Sharif Jackson. He's, <laughs> yeah, he, he's looked good. Um, the other person I would say, uh, Thomas Sorber from Archbishop Ryan, who I think was getting recruited by Temple, but I don't, we talked, we texted about this. I don't think he has an offer. Um, is oh, um, this is the Archbishop Ryan. Uh, yeah, yeah. Archbishop he Ryan doesn't have an offer yet. Um, he looked pretty good. He was I, the game I saw him, uh, he was going up against Camden too, which is a tough matchup for him. He's younger than I thought, uh, but definitely has the size. So that's it's just a matter of like, what does his game look like over the next two years? I think he's a 2024 kid, so plenty of time and room for improvement. But uh, just another name that I that I saw that I know has been at least somewhat on Temple's radar. Uh, those are the main uh, main names on on in the Temple sphere of people that I saw that uh, that played well. Mm-hmm. They do it again this weekend, right? Yes. Philly Live yeah. 2 this weekend? Session 2 is this weekend. Philly Live 2, the sequel. <laughs> Philly Live 2. We're, we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> we're going to need a bigger gym. Um, <laughs> Tim, you also talked to a former Temple basketball player for, I guess it's the story you're, you did or doing for the inquiry, right? Yes. Doing that. That player is. Shiz Alston Jr. Wait, Shiz Alston Jr. No. Crickets. You know, I mean, you, you have some work to do before. You <laughs> PA, PA um, guy, but you know, it's not bad. Not bad. Was it home real quick? Was it Mark Narducci that refused to call him junior? Because he was like, well, if it's Shiz, then he's not a junior. There was something about that where like Mark put, put his heels in the ground about it. I can't remember. <laughs> Mark putting his heels in the ground. Mark also once there. refused to refer to Matt Hennessy as a graduate player because he had confirmed that he had not yet graduated yet, despite what the roster said. I was like, I, yes. I love you, Mark. I love our, you. Our dog just digging his heels in. Uh, certain hills you die on for personally, that's probably not one I would. But... Um, <laughs> For what it's worth, Shiz Austin's sister calls him Sean. I'm pretty sure that's his middle name. Mm-hmm. So call Shiz whatever you'd like. But I mean, real quick, when he first came, like when he first heard, like, oh, they're recruiting Levan's son, it was Sean Austin. Like that was really? that was what he was. Yeah. And then, and then he got the template. It's like, not nah, Shiz. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't think it was Shiz until his sophomore year. I think he came back and was like, now that I'm starting, really? it's Shiz. It's funny because when I heard his sister ask him, call him Sean, I was like, how long have you been going by Shiz? He's like, man, like forever. Yeah, he said he's like, Everybody but my mom calls me Shiz. But like when I came to Temple, I was Sean or gotcha. the Van Alston. And then, gotcha. yeah, but 
anyway, um, interesting parts of our conversation, I would say uh, the funniest thing I thought was that, that, that I want to ask him about was when he was playing. So he played in Greece last year. And then this past year was in, the, in a new league that merged between two leagues called the B next uh, BNXT Belgium, Netherlands played for a team called the kangaroos. Um, they actually lost in the, so funny story. They lost in the championship to Phil Booth and he played with AJ Brodeur. Some fun big five names. Um, Phil Booth is like the marquee, like, oh, Temple's going to get this kid. They're never going to get this kid. One of, one of several players yeah. that Temple recruited really hard that ended up at Villanova. <laughs> they really, like, they had a, they had a, a serious shot at, at Phil Booth. One of his parents, I believe his father wanted him to go to Temple, but his father, John Wilkes. <laughs> oh, there was not the man who shot Abraham Lincoln. No. <laughs> Go ahead, Sam. Um, yeah, so uh, it was good to catch up with him kind of about how his game has progressed um, since college and how you know he's developed his game. One thing we had talked about in terms of shiz, and I'll, I'll get to Temple in a second, but like he said he's I, – I had spent the night before watching a 10-minute season-long piled mixtape of shiz – and I said to him, I was like, I mean, he's still got his step back is very much still prevalent, but his pat he's become a much better passer. Um, touch passes, passing through the middle of the lane, uh, no look passes. Like he said, that was one thing he's really worked on just because the European style of basketball is very different than what he was used to. Um, so that's the update on Shiz. He'd like to play in Italy next year and then make one more run at, uh, at playing in the league, G League, whatever that looks like. Uh, in terms of Temple, so one thing I want to ask him about is because he was playing overseas, uh, he was live tweeting a lot of games. He was very mm -hmm. plugged into what Temple was doing. So I'd asked him, uh, well, A, like, what time is it there when he's watching? I was like, you know, you, they played USC at like 9 o'clock. He's, he's live tweeting these games. He's very tuned into Temple. Um, and I asked him, of the 20 high 20s games, however many they played this year, um, of those games, how many did you watch? And he says a better question, how many he didn't watch because he only missed a couple. But he said most nights when they would play, he would take a nap, set an alarm and wake up and watch Temple. And then he, he liked kind of engaging with Temple fans or getting some engagement and, and watching the games and being plugged in. Uh, one thing I thought was really interesting was that in the last two years, him and Aaron talk a decent amount. Aaron's come to him about, you know, what what do you think about? this team about these guys what do you think they can do differently he's gotten texts from guys like jeremiah williams damien dunn caleb battle hey shiz what do you think i can do differently what do you think i can work on he's been very plugged in with the team and a lot of that is because i want to say it was this past summer so before he went to belgium and the netherlands that he spent pretty much the entire summer with the team he worked out with them he ate with them he hung out with them and he got really close to the team so he was his whole summer workout was whatever the temple guys were doing. He's playing pickup with them. He's working out with them. At what point, at one point he brought in Quentin Rose, um, someone else. And they played five on five. I can't remember the other, I don't know if Nate ever made it in, but there was another alumni that, that he said they were, he was joking about, they played a, they played some pickup together. But the point being that he spent a lot of time around this temple team. Um, he's, very excited about the future of Damon Califf. Uh, I, I kind of plugged him. And I think this is an interesting question that we've talked about before, of course, is that how do those two guys fit together? Uh, and it's a lot of like, they're both good if they're close enough and they don't, they put their egos aside, like it can definitely work. Uh, if 
because Heisinger Miller isn't exactly a pure scorer. We talked about, you know, the way he played down the stretch of the season because he's not that pure scorer. He can be the facilitator for those two guys. She said, and this is sort of parallel to what Aaron has talked about that uh, he really likes the idea of the, his point guard looking to one side and seeing Dame Dunn and looking to the other and seeing Caleb Battle. Um, interesting thing about uh, that he said he had talked to Dame about was that Dame sometimes will like catch the ball on the perimeter and he'll kind of like jab step or he'll like move the ball side to side or he'll hesitate a little bit instead of kind of just make whatever his move is making that move. So that was one thing about Dame I thought was interesting. Um, but anyway, he has, he has pretty high expectations. There's some bias to everything he's saying because he wants these guys obviously to do well and is rooting for Temple and has a vested interest in these guys. But uh, he, he thinks very highly of Damon Caleb. He's excited to see the way they fit together and the way they make it work. Um, you know, he's obviously it's objectively speaking, Heiser Miller isn't as long as wiry as tall as Jeremiah Williams, but uh, he's excited to see what he can do at point guard. He, and I mean, She's a big thing. And I think this is, this isn't like any crazy analysis was they kept the core together. Uh, the, the future of what Ja and Nick can be, he's excited about the incoming guys. Um, so he's excited about the, the current team. And uh, I'll, I'll end on this point that, as I said, she's pl- hoping to play in Italy next year. He's hoping to make one more run at the league. And he said, in 10, in 10 years, he'd like to be coaching the big five. Mm. He said, mm. let Aaron get a contract extension. You know, maybe he'll end up, on Dumps, he goes, he said to me, he's like, maybe, you know, in like 10 years, I'll, if Dumpf is still around, I'll be on his staff. 84-year-old like, coach. If Fran Dumpy is still coaching in six years, we need to have an intervention. Like, I said, and I said to Shiz, I was like, I'm going to be honest, I don't think he's going to be around, but he, but no, it was just. Whoa, 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 Sam, you meant in coaching. Like, <laughs> that is what, I, yes, he's not going to be coaching. Sam Cohen um, trying to kill off Fran Dumpy. <laughs> Uh, so we were joking what do you about, know that we don't know? <laughs> so well, anyway, we were joking about, um, you know, him finding his way. Uh, he'd like to be back in coaching. So him finding his way into, into coaching in the big five in some capacity as an assistant or whatever. He said he'd love to be able to join a future temple coach, Cleef Wyatt staff. After Cleef's TBT career takes off. I chopped it, it up so, with him today. Actually, he's Cleef? pretty confident in the team. Why isn't he player coaching? I know, like, why he's um, not like, okay, I'm moving on, but, like, you should be player coaching. You're too good to not be player coaching. Well, once he had his daughter back in March, uh, he made the decision he's going full-on coaching mode. Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what he said when he was on um on the scoop a couple weeks ago, yeah. right? But he can still yeah. shoot the hell out of the ball. I would say he's still a hell of a basketball player. Yeah. <laughs> not that old. No. Well, he's older than you think. Bottom line here is that Sam thinks that Fran Dumphy's not going to be around in 10 years. And I looked very concerned about that. So just kidding. You're, you're pushing narratives, John. <laughs> Sam, do we want to, do we want to play a quick clip of, of, uh, of Shiz talking about this uh, current temple team? I think that's a fantastic idea. That's a great idea. So here's Shiz Austin talking about the current temple house. Yeah, man, if we, st- if we stay healthy with Fade Miller at the one, uh, Caleb and Dunny, you know, Jaleel White, I forgot about him, yep. Zach Hicks. If we stay with that core, man, uh, I think that I think that we could be special. I think when I was there, we finished top three. I think we could repeat that yeah. and go to a tournament. But I think we got a lot of guys, man. Like, the lineup, I think we're going to have six starters this year, instead of like Nova did yeah. when they had DiVincenzo. With, yeah. With Fabe and uh, Fabe, Dunny, Battle, Jaleel White, Nick Jourdain, mm-hmm. Zach Hicks. Yep. Those six guys. And then we can add one of the transfer big men. I think we'll be good. On the current team, who's the most similar player to you? Is uh, there one... <laughs> 
it, it's different because I, I could always score like uh, like Caleb yeah. and Dunny, but also as a little facilitator like uh, like Fade. Yeah. So I, I like to say like, I, I, you know, I think Caleb is a better scorer than I was. Yeah. yeah and Dunny also, they're a better natural scorer than, than I was. Yeah. So I, I, I probably am a mix between those two and Fade. All right. So Sam, when do we get to when do we get to read this the story that you're doing on Shares in the Inquirer? When's it coming out? The hope is uh, sometime early next week. I'm probably going to write it at some point in the, next, in the coming days, and it'll probably be early next week. But it's more about uh, – I'd like to include kind of like what Shiz Olsen has been up to, catching up with Shiz, but the, the main premise angle of the story is his um, how involved he's been with Hood Enriched, uh, the mm-hmm. youth organization that he grew up playing with and, and has really done a lot to give back to. They had their first annual camp this week. So it was cool to spend some time with, uh, with Shiz. He's had – uh, his, his plan was this week to have a bunch of guys come back, uh, come in as speakers, guys that he's close with. Um, Tony Carr, Cam Reddish was coming in. Um, someone else that I'm blanking on. So You're just going down murderer's row of, of guys that Temple thought they were going to get. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Carr and the very special effort that was made by Pat Chambers. Oh, hey. man. Anyway, the one time the frame went off, off script. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, again, stay tuned for, uh, for the story that, that Sam is doing on shiz in the Philadelphia inquiry that will be out next week per Sam breaking a little, uh, that's assuming LA doesn't get him. What's that's that? True. That's assuming that LA doesn't get Sam. Yeah. But I, as Kanye I, once said, no more parties in LA, <laughs> please, Sam, no more parties. In LA. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let's let's go let's go to the mailbag. Let's close things out. The mailbag here. We got a few questions from the message board, and then uh, I believe one on 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 Twitter. Uh, well, well, we'll get started with this. Is the Detroit Al asked us? This is one of two questions he has. And then did he ask us? Was it also Detroit Al on Twitter? Yes. Okay. So he asked us on Twitter if this is the same Detroit Al. Uh, what happened to Dazoni? And then he asked on the on the message board too. Um, any Shane Dazoni sightings? So we seem to know or think we know that it's just a matter of time before this gets wrapped up. I, I was told that, that Shane Dazoni again. If, if you're unfamiliar with Shane Dazoni, former top 150 recruit, uh, was bound to play at Arizona. You know, got out of his letter of intent when they uh, got rid of Sean Miller played this past season at Vanderbilt, uh, entered the transfer portal, was supposed to go to St. Joe's, did not end up at St. Joe's. Uh, yeah, he's he's been on campus. He's been at team camp. I, I think that there are just a couple of things that they're waiting on, on getting cleared up. When it's going to get announced, I'm not completely sure, but... Um, That's to be soon. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but again, if, if they add Shane Dazoni to this class uh, via the transfer portal... Obviously, a pretty big help for him. He can shoot the ball. Uh, we'll see. But, um, again, things aren't completely done until they're done. But it seems to be trending in a, in a uh, good direction uh, for Temple. Uh, Detroit Al's other question on the message board was a football-related one. Who is considered the number one running back right now and the number two running back? I mean – Kaden, what do you think? I guess number one is I – mean, I feel like it's got to be Darvon Hubbard just mm-hmm. because he's in here as a new guy, maybe to Edward Sadie. Mm-hmm. 
I think it might be flipped. I think Edward Sadie might still be the, the starter until proven otherwise. I, I do think you'll see more running backs rotate in. I think Jakari Norwood's a different type of back, so he'll see plenty of snaps. But I don't. I'm not super high on this running back room, but uh, we'll yeah. see. I think that Edward Sadie, this is his is his shot still until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, again, we've said this before with a new staff. The, what position battle are we? not going to be watching quarterbacks gonna be one running backs gonna be one. I mean, there's not one where you're kind of like, yeah, this one's going to be boring where we kind of know corner backs are really the only one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah. As long as Cameron Ruiz and Keyshawn Paul are healthy, they're your starting corners. Other yeah. than that, it's like, yeah, every other position you'd be like, Oh yeah, there's a fight here. And that fight happens soon. Cause I keep thinking things are far away. No camp starts in like five weeks. Yeah. My daughter arrives in like five weeks, six weeks. So where are you going to be in August? You're going to be covering camp. You're going to be, you're going to be bringing your dog. I'm going to be chain smoking again. I'm just going to go back to cigarettes. You're going to see me at three in the morning, just <laughs> ripping unfiltered Marlboros and wondering where, what happened to my life. <laughs> they don't sell unfiltered anymore. You got to snap off the filter and just go straight to the cigarette. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, the final question to, uh, to close things. Well, I should final questions again, a, a very loyal subscriber here, the hick just hits us with rapid fire questions. So I'm going to read all these and we'll pick a couple to answer here. We'll bring things back full circle. We talked about hustle at the beginning of the pod. All right. I'm just going to say this hustle, not even the best movie that has hustle in its title. American hustle, hustle and flow. Hmm. Good job, Kyle. Great movie. Great job. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to read through these and we'll get to a couple these are all from the Hick, screen name the Hick. Was the university involved in the production of Hustle? Did, did we make our facilities available for filming? Are they planning to invite Adam Sandler to a Temple men's basketball game this season? Now that the new administration has had a chance to kick the tires on athletics, how will they reinvent or reinvigorate the program? What do they, what do they see as priorities? All right. <laughs> um, that's a lot. Love, 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 love them for, love them for, love them for, for asking as many Maybe. questions and being being as involved. You know how much money Coatesville High School got for letting them film the one like uh, workout session? Granted, it was over the course of like a week or whatever. No. You know how much money they got? $81,000. They got eighty one grand donated to the Coatesville School District just to allow them to film there for like a week. Hmm. That's not bad. So like even just from a business standpoint, it might have been, it might have behooved them to make something available. How did they settle on $81,000? Big Kobe guys. What's that? The big Kobe guys. Huge Kobe fans in Coatesville. 81,000. He scored 81 points against the Raptors in 2000. Come on, John. You're slacking here. Sorry. I don't know, but there was my my sister sent me the article on it like a week ago about how, look, they feel they feel this at Coatesville. Okay. But no, as far as we know, I don't think they were approached necessarily because i think the whole point of the lasalle like lasalle was used as a film location right if, and that's where the, the know, combine was cover your ears if you're a spoiler yeah cover your ears if you haven't seen the game but like there the tom gola arena fits visually that scene better than a 10,200 seat arena like the leah chorus center sure yeah. so yeah. just you know if i'm putting on my producer and director hat i don't think the leah chorus center was on my my radar for that yeah uh, are they planning to invite Adam Sandler to a, a Temple men's basketball game this season? I have no idea. They should. They should. They should. Why not? Why he not? has to come in the JNH hoodie, though. Yes. 
Yeah. That's the biggest drop ball, legitimately. Like, I, I feel like every single person that, granted, I'm probably in a little bit of like a temple echo chamber while my social media, but every single person that I saw post about it posted like that one screenshot of him in the J&H hoodie. So like Temple, you can sell that. It's your dorm. You own the rights to J&H. Like that's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Yes. I would also, also, scene... I, also, was am I the only one that actually lived in J&H? I lived yes. in J&H. Yeah, me and Caden. Caden are the only Caden and I are the only ones allowed to rock that hoodie. <laughs> the scene where Adam Sandler is in his living room with his wife and a pants, the jersey on the wall. That has to be a Deontay. His, his wife. She, you could call her by her name. Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah. Well, and okay. Queen Latifah. Yeah. <laughs> his character. Whatever. Queen Latifah. Um, and it pants the jersey. It's in a frame on the wall. That has to be a Deontay Christmas jersey, I, right? Like, I, it's not a custom made jersey. Oh, going miss, out. It didn't look as much. I thought I was going to see because you saw the movie before I did. I thought I was going to see like the winged numbers, like that classic Deontay jersey that you see. It didn't look as I, it didn't scream Deontay Christmas jersey to me. But wait, is it that era though? No, because the whole no, point was that he was supposed Cheney, to play in like the it's 90s. A yeah. It's a Cheney era 22 player. But I don't personally. I have no idea when the jersey was from. Like I don't. Like I. I wouldn't be able to get that. Like you guys would. You haven't talked to Adam Sandler about it. Well, we spoke to the day on the phone because I tried to get him on the pod, and he was like, he wouldn't answer that question. Just said no comment. You need to aim lower for like these high profile guests. You struck out on LeBron, and you struck out on Adam Sandler. Maybe you're out of your. Well, uh, to be fair, I haven't struck it on LeBron yet. He didn't answer. <laughs> Sam, shoot for the stars, buddy. Okay, don't don't let people compress your dreams. I was able to get Javon on here. That's a pretty big get. That was yeah, a big cool. get. Big get. Coach Vaughn on, on the pod, on the staff. But I don't know. Caden, maybe... Caden's in print today. Caden's yes. on the front. Caden's on the front page. Today. That's a great get. Yes. Caden is, is, a, is a summer intern at the Bucks County Career Times front page. No big deal. Kyle's a dad. No That's a good deal. get. That's a good get. <laughs> Look, I got a lot of things going on. All right. I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm cutting through this uh, hustle day. I see the 22. That's like a, a pre-Deontay Christmas era. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Do you remember Kyle? I got a lot of things going on. I got a lot of balls in the air, all right? I know, Kyle. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Do you remember the Deontay Christmas billboard and what the slogan was? Uh no. 12 months of Christmas. Oh, well, then there you go. Yeah. I mean, that's the, even the Sixers tried doing that when he was with the Sixers for a minute. It was him and Drew Holiday, and they had that. I remember they had the, the media guide was the A10 trophy, and then they'd put a Christmas hat on it. It's Deontay, like, looking at mm-hmm. it. I also remember Deontay a year after graduating tweeting, why the hell haven't you graduated? Uh, retired my number yet. <laughs> 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 Which, in fairness, Deontay Christmas was a very good player. Yes. Very, very the Deontay good. Christmas versus Tennessee highlight video. It's set on um on YouTube. It's actually set to like a really catchy like rap song. I've watched that video like 45 times in my life. Just because like I was like a freshman during that game and like we watched the hell out of that video. That was like Dump's like first big like non-conference win. Him, yep. Deontay, Sergio almost having like a breakout party type of game there. When when they brought in Serge under Cheney, he could not walk and chew gum at the same time. They turned him into a very serviceable College Center uh, under Dump's time. Um, to close. And out, I'm sorry, real quick. And in yes. uh, in punishment, Bruce Pearl's just taken every recruit they've ever wanted in the last ten years as as punishment for that. Bruce yeah. Pearl was at Philly Live. Of course he was. Apparently, Bruce Pearl always get. Of course he gets kids. He always gets kids from Philly. Apparently, Coach Cal was there, but I didn't see him. Was was he just checking in on like DJ? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> about that Camden program. A yeah, long, crazy. Long story written about him on NJ. South Jersey going to South Jersey. Which you can just great. control F Camden and plug in any football power, really. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, a couple other things that Hicks said here. Um, again, we have not sat down for a long interview with Arthur Johnson. Belle D'Amour, who is now at the Philadelphia Inquirer, uh, did when she was with the Temple News. Um, you can go back and check out her interview with Arthur. But um, when Hick is asking here, how will they reinvent and reinvigorate the program? What do they see as priorities? I mean, I, I know they've done, you know, they've done, they've done fan surveys and, and stuff like that. I think they're very interested in what fans think about the game day experience. What are their priorities? I mean, they weren't afraid to make a couple of coaching changes, you know, uh, women's basketball, volleyball. I think they, I mean, it sounds simple. They want to win. They're serious about winning beyond that. Don't have any grand proclamations on this one, unless you guys want to jump in and add anything here. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think they're hoping that, uh, you get some trickle down marketing from winning, winning yeah. cures all. And that just trickles down to, to other stuff. <laughs> trickle down winning. That trickle down winning up. I'll, I'll, I'll bring <laughs> politics into the scoop. Not really. It failed. It failed in the eighties. It'll probably fail here. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, you look like you wanted to say something. I'm just no, lying to Sam in the chat to try to get reactions out of <laughs> I was hoping he would send what I, send what he sent in the chat and I would immediately like I, I literally saw you go like you looked to the side. You you did focus on something. I don't, I don't know if my my monitor's off. I don't believe this. <laughs> not plugged in. Not, not plugged t- in. Not t- yes, in. It's just a, a paper. All right, that'll do it for season seven, episode forty-two. Of the scoop, Sam, we wish you all on your trip to LA. Hey, thanks. Do a direct? Are you flying direct? I wish. Where are you stopping over? Phoenix on the way there, Vegas on the way back. I've stopped at the, well, Vegas airports, whatever. Phoenix airport. um, Nice. Yeah, sure. (laughs) It's fine. Uh, Not to, not to, this is going to sound like I'm just trying to like, sound like i was cool 12 years ago thing i once stopped at the phoenix airport and had such a nicotine addiction because i was like 21 years old and that's all you did i went out of the airport to smoke cigarettes and then come back in through tsa on a connecting flight and tsa was not happy about that that was they were like what are you doing like you you didn't have to leave the airport i was like but i did so here we are (laughs) i had no luggage that was coming back from the tournament right correct yes you guys flew through phoenix I flew through Midway, which was a huge mistake. Uh, Never fly through Midway, period. I know, terrible for the weather. Circled, circled, circled. We had to land in Indianapolis to refuel. Missed my connecting flight. Spent the night in like a, like a, what, like extended stay place for like four hours so I could sleep. That, that was fun. I got home to Fontaine Street, 16th and Fontaine. I walk in. All my roommates are doing this. They have their shirts over their noses. Turned out for the better course of a year, my one buddy was flushing paper towels down the toilet and it blocked the, the, the toilet pipe, which finally burst the night I caught back at two in the morning from Tucson. What Just a story. Crap in the walls. Uh, yeah. Temple Town Realty wouldn't get there until the next day. So we had to what deal a, with some smells for the night. What a time to be alive. Yeah, it was wild. You guys were 12 years old. <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for listening and joining us on another episode of The Scoop. (laughs) 
real glorious closeout to the episode here. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week.